McCabe on the right side, out top to Harkless. He shoots a three straight away, and he hits it. And the Rebels still battling are down just two with 3.20 to go. It's time to talk all things UNLV with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5. And Paloma joins us now on the phone lines. You heard that highlight right there from EJ Harkless. Uh, he went for 35 in today's uh, first round game uh, of the Mountain West Conference against Air Force as UNLV topped Air Force 78-70 in overtime. And again, Paloma Villacana joins us now on the phone lines. And Paloma, thanks so much for your time. That was a nail-biter, huh, for the Rebels, but they, they pulled it out in overtime. Yeah, the second straight, you know, overtime win for UNLV. I mean, that's awesome to see. Kevin Kruger's guys step up, you know, no Keyshawn Gilbert, no Elijah Parquet, um, you know. So, I mean, I saw his guys step up on the road in Reno, you know, shorthanded. So, yep. for them to pull out two overtime dubs, uh, that's huge. That's huge. And this was a back-and-forth ball game against Air Force, uh, just much like it was during the regular season. So, uh, you know, the Running Rebels got a dub. Tonight, the Lady Rebels are looking for a dub and a, a title, a second straight Mountain West title. Uh, so you and LB Hoops, we're rolling today. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Paloma's at the Thomas and Mac right now preparing for the women's game that goes on this evening. And they have a chance to win the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Uh, they al- already won the, the conference, just going undefeated in the conference play. How big would that be for the program, Lindy LaRocket Company, if they not only won the regular season conference title, but also the conference title in the tournament? Yeah, I mean, they would just, you know, repeat, repeat last year and, you know, continue to build success. They've already won uh, the regular season. They finished the regular season undefeated in conference play, you know, for the first time since, like, 1985. Um, you know, UNLV and the Lady Rebels, they've been making just nothing but history this year with Lindy LaRock. And um, it was so funny, last night, you know, a reporter asked her, you know, a nail-biter against San Diego State, you know, that was a close one. And she was like... What nail biter? My nails are clean, you know? Like, it was, I mean, she has so much confidence in, in her team and Essence Booker, Justice Etheridge, uh, Desi Ray Young, you know, it's just great to see local talent, local players, um, you know, only rising in the postseason. And, you know, for Lindy LaRock to be a Las Vegas native, there's just so much to root for uh, with the Lady Rebels and the Running Rebels right now. What would it take, or what is it going to take for the Lady Rebels to get it done tonight? They're taking on number two, Wyoming. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just dominant. I mean, UNLV is just dominant. I think, I think San Diego State was probably the best team they were going to face in the okay. tournament. Um, and it was a back-and-forth game between San Diego State. But, um, you know, UNLV came out swinging in the third quarter. And I think, you know, that's so big for teams to come out with momentum in the second half and really set the tone uh, in the third quarter of how this game's going to go. But, uh, you know, the, the Lady Rebels, they were back and forth with, with SDSU down the stretch. Um, I mean, it was like a one-point, two-point game down the stretch. But, um, you know, for Essence Booker to, to have a strong night from the free throw line, um, I mean, every free throw is going to be, uh, you know, crucial. So, so I mean, Lindy, Lindy has depth. She has depth on her team. I mean, every single player on her team scored – uh, in their quarterfinal game against UNR. So, um, you know, if, if they head deep into the NCAA tournament, I think her depth is going to be her advantage. Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. I know the game just ended maybe two min- 10 minutes ago, but can you give me some more of the highlights? Do you, can you give me your best sports center update on what actually <laughs> happened in this game that went into overtime that UNLV won? 
I mean, it was just a back and forth, you know, a uh, nail biter with with Air Force, and it was, you know, the the same kind of nail biter, uh, you know, during the regular season. But um, you know, for Justin Webster to pull up, you know, down the stretch, uh, you know, a dagger three down the stretch, um, for EJ Harkless to put up a career high thirty five points, um, you know, he was thirteen of eighteen from the the free throw line. Um, you know, for Cameron Burris, you know, a senior who, who really hasn't played all season long uh, to get in there and put up eight points, um, you know, just a full team effort from from UNLV. But EJ Harkless, I mean, I've never seen him play personally in the postseason, but there's just something about March Madness, you know, something about <laughs> the postseason like we're seeing with Essence Booker, like we're seeing with EJ Harkless. I mean, when it comes to March, you got to turn it up. Yep. And then tomorrow, I think that the Rebels are going to be taking on Boise State. How did the regular season matchups play out when the Rebels took on Boise? Yeah, I mean, Boise's so talented. I mean, you know, the defending Mountain West champs, um, Boise State. And I know it was, um, you know, a tough game for the Rebels at home against Boise. I think they let that second half slip away from them. Uh, but when they they went up to Boise to to finish out the regular season up in Boise, I mean, I saw a fight from, from UNLV, you know, on the road at Boise. Um, you know, you had Keyshawn Hall in there, the freshman, guarding some big guys. Um, David Mowaka had a great game. EJ Harkless had a great game. Shane Noel, the sophomore, had a great game. So they can bring that fight tomorrow, um, you know, the same type of fight they had in Boise. Um, you know, that will be big. But I think the Run and Rebels, you know, they have a chip on their shoulder of how the regular season finished. Um, you know, they have a chip on their shoulder of, of the highs and lows, uh, the close games, uh, you know, starting the season off 10-0 and 0, and then, you know, having an up and down season. Uh, so these guys have something to prove. I know we, we caught up with Jordan McCabe, um, you know, and Justin Webster guys who, who, who were on this team last year when UNLV lost in the quarterfinals against Wyoming. Um, you know, so these guys are, are hungry to, to advance to the tournament and, and, you know, keep playing in March. Keyshawn Gilbert was suspended after a little bit of a headbutt incident against UNR. How long is that suspension? Will he be back for tomorrow's game? Yeah, he's only suspended one game uh, for unsportsmanlike conduct by the Mountain West Tournament. So <laughs> having Keyshawn back for tomorrow against Boise is huge. You know, he's, he's a leader on the team. He's, you know, one of their best defense players as well. Um, you know, he brings that defensive edge, and he's also good on the offensive side of the ball too. So um, to have Keyshawn back, that, that'll be big for UNLV. Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Flipping over to the football side of things. I know you're covering basketball, but UNLV had their pro day today, and Eric Galco from the Shrine Bowl actually sent me a tweet talking about uh, Austin Ajake uh, and the performance that he put at the, at the pro day and uh, also that he did a hell of a job at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, what's the chances you think Austin's going to go pretty high in the draft, and how many teams do you think uh, should be ha- having their eye on him? Yeah, I'm so proud of Austin. I mean, he's really been working hard uh, this this off season. You know, right right as the football season wrapped up, you know, he he went straight into training. Uh, he went to the Hula Bowl. He went to the East West Shrine Bowl. Um, you know, he's been training locally. Um, you know, with other guys that are you know looking to get drafted. So um, I know how hard Austin Ajk works. I'm so happy he had a great pro day this morning at UNLV. Um, he has a great story of, of being a father, you know, being a leader to his household and his team. Um, you know, he, he led the Mountain West in total tackles, uh, you know, this past season. So, um, you know, if I'm an NFL team, it's like, man, this guy has, you know, just nothing but great, positive 
uh, reviews all around him. He's a hard worker. He's a great linebacker. He's a great dad, a great teammate. So, um, you know, I wish all the best for Austin Ajiki. I know I've sat down with him a few times on the red zone, and I've become really close with his family. So um, rooting for Austin Ajiki, happy he had a great pro day, um, you know, and rooting for all the Rebels that are, you know, trying to get drafted. We didn't have you on last week, but can you tell us about that first week of spring practice, which I think started with a snowstorm? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I was like, man, we're in Vegas, yo. Like, right. I don't want any of this here. But, um, yeah, you know, and traveling in the Mountain West, you know, I, I'm in the snow all the time. So I'm like, man, I just want it to be sunny skies in Vegas every day. But, um, no, I mean, it's exciting. Barry Odom and his, his new staff, you know, completely brand new football staff, um, you know, new staff members, new coaches, new players. Uh, so when you walk into the Partita football complex, I mean, it's a, it's a brand new regime in there um, when it comes to the trainers, strength, nutrition, recruiting, you know, it's all a brand new team in there. So, um, you know, I can't wait to meet all of them and, and, and develop some good relationships with them. But uh, Barry Odom saw, you know, a great week of, of spring ball. He liked the energy, he liked the competitiveness, even though it was basically snowing in their <laughs> first day of spring practice. But um, uh, it was great catching up with Doug Brumfield, talking about, you know, how comfortable he feels in this new offense. Um, you know, because this, this whole team, they're, they're learning a new offense, learning a new defense, you know, learning nothing but new coaches. So, um, you know, it's great to see that Doug Brumfield feels a little bit more comfortable as he gets older and, you know, the more experience he gets under his belt. Um, but, no, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, once the basketball season kind of wraps up, um, you know, to go out to uh, UNLV's spring ball game, I believe it's April 8th at Allegiant Stadium, and it's open to the public. So, nice. um, yeah, just want to want to get to know all the new faces on both sides of the ball. Well, I got to ask you about one of those old faces that you mentioned, Doug Brumfield. You mentioned that he's getting a little bit, you know, getting acclimated with this new offense. Did he mention how much different it is from the previous offense, or did you guys not talk X's and O's that much? Yeah, I mean, with, with Coach Marion's go-go offense, he, he just said that, you know, um, it's a little bit more loose, you know, it's a little bit more of, you know, play how he wants, what he's comfortable with seeing, you know, reading the defense, what he feels is comfortable. Um, you know, he has a little bit more, it's a little bit more of, you know, going out there and, and being himself is what he said. Whereas with Coach Arroyo, I think they stuck to the script a lot. You know, I think Coach Arroyo, you know, whatever he wanted to, to call, he called and Doug, you know, went out there and did it. Whereas I feel like Doug has more, um, you know, control of what he's seeing and what he wants to, to roll with. Um, so I think Doug Brumfield said that he likes that he has a little bit more of like, um, you know, comfortable to, to, to do what he wants to do um, and take control of the offense and be a little bit more comfortable and, and natural rather than so scripted. Paloma Villacana is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And to say, Roughness, just got a couple more questions for you. And I saw that uh, Fox 5 now is uh, the home of the LV Aces, the champion <laughs> LV Aces. That's one. Congratulations to you guys. That's awesome. You'll be airing all their games on TV. We air their games on the radio on ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. So uh, great partners there. How cool was it to sit down with uh, Asia Wilson, the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year? And what did you kind of learn from her? You know, she's one of the sweetest human beings I think I've ever sat down with. Um, you know, of course, she's tall, she's beautiful, she's a little intimidating. So when I sat down, I was like, man, this is like sitting down with LeBron James, Tom <laughs> Brady, you know, she's the GOAT. So I sat down with her, I was like, all right, I got my questions, I'm ready to go. 
she's so cool. She's so laid back. She's so sweet. She answered all my questions. Um, so it's nice to see that, you know, the reigning MVP, reigning defensive player of the year, you know, Olympic gold medalist, you know, she's, she's the best. She's the best in, in the game. You know, to see her be so humble and so, uh, you know, you could just talk to her about, you know, what you had for breakfast. Like, she's right. so sweet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she just said she, she's determined. I think she told me she's greedy. She's greedy. Yeah. She's ready to, um, you know, go after another one. We talked about Candace Parker and, and, you know, how excited she is to learn, um, you know, with her and only get better. And, you know, she said she's glad she doesn't have to play against <laughs> yeah. uh, Candace Parker and have to guard her and everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the sky is the limit for, for the Aces. I was saying, you know, their roster is so loaded Becky Hammond is so talented. I said someone, they look like an, the Alabama football team. You know, like they are right. loaded. They got, you know, Nick Saban as, you know, they, as Becky mm-hmm. Hammond. I was like, this is a loaded roster. So um, I can't wait for training camp to start. You know, I can't wait for their first home game, May 27th. They're going to do a, um, a ring ceremony, a, a banner nice. unveil. Um, and more importantly, I'm just excited to like really dive into each player's story and, and get to showcase their story and, you know, and, and find out who these players are. Yeah, and get back in Michelob Ultra Arena where it's nice and uh, loud. That was something that uh, Asia pointed out when you were talking to her. But I, I did find that to be funny when she says she don't have to guard Candace Parker anymore. That was great. That was one of the better lines that she had when she was talking with you. Well, Paloma, it's International Women's Day, so I'd be remiss if I didn't say congratulations to you because uh, you're doing it real big. You do it big on you know everything you do on the sports side of things. And uh, we congratulate you. Keep up the good work. We definitely appreciate you. Well, Q, it's guys like you and Damon that, that support us. So I'm so thankful for your support. And, you know, you guys are always there for me. So, you know, I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And All right, appreciate you. There she goes, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. Fantastic job, as always. She's there at the Thomas & Mack right now. Didn't know if we were going to be able to get her because the, the UNLV Runner Rebels just wrapped up. And, of course, the, the ladies get underway in a little while, a little later this evening, around 7 o'clock. But uh, she made some time for us. We do appreciate that. Good stuff. And, Damon, did you, uh, did you have a sigh of relief when you saw the, the men won? Oh, yeah, because now Keyshawn Gilbert's coming back tomorrow. Boise State, I know that they're a team that can really knock down the three, but, I mean, they're the two seed in this conference. They can make the tournament without winning the the conference championship. So yeah. maybe they take it a little easy. Maybe their foot's off the gas a little bit. I don't know. Anything can happen. But all <laughs> you got to do, you got to win the games that's in front of you. So they won today, now right. tomorrow. Yay. You can't win, win two. You can't win two without winning one. There you go. Right? That is the key to tournament play. You have to get one before you can get two. What would your ideal way to be? What would your What would be your ideal way? Excuse me to build this Raiders team on both sides of the ball. What or who would you attack in free agency? What or who would you attack in the draft? Raider Nation, I want to hear from you at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred and the Don't Be Broke dot com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R four sixteen is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Fast and Furious we've been going on today's show. We had Tashawn Reed at 2.30. Trey Wingo joined us at 3.30, or 3 o'clock, excuse me. We just heard from Paloma Villacana, and we're already lining up the show for tomorrow. So excited about the guests that we have. Always excited about talking with you as well, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r The question that we threw out there before break what would be your ideal way to build this Raiders team on both sides of the ball? Because that's what needs to happen. 
What or who would you attack a free agency, and what or who would you attack by way of the draft? Let us know about it. Let's go out to Salt Lake City and talk to our guy, John. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hi, Q. DeMond. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, you know, we real, as far as the defense goes, I think you really need to address all aspects of it. But when you look at the division and the mm-hmm. conference we're in, if you don't put up 27 points plus a game, you're going to struggle, even no matter really what defense you put out there. And when I look at quarterbacks like a future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers sitting out there and you got a 26-year-old MVP sitting out there and we're not even kicking the tires on it, that's a little strange. Mm -hmm. Because you know as well as I do, if you want to get a quality player, whether it's a free agent like those guys or you want to move up in the draft, I'm sorry, everybody, it's going to cost you. Okay, You're not getting anything cheap. And everybody seems to be concerned about, oh, we can't give up this or we can't give up that. I'm sorry. You're going to have to give up something because winning isn't cheap. And I don't want to hear Q DeMont about putting lipstick on a pig (laughs) and Jimmy Garoppolo and trying to sell me a beauty queen. The guy has the mobility of a snail. He doesn't throw the ball down the field, and he's more brittle than cracked glass. Uh, this team, if Mark Davis wants to put seats in that stands with Raider gear on, he better address the quarterback situation. And look, I like C.J. Stroud. I think that's the guy that they should go up there and get. Yeah, it's going to be costly, but you got to look at You better address that position because, like I said, you're a 6-11 and football team. Okay, people. I don't care what people say. They're not going to accept that this year. And they need to address that, and I hope they do. And, you know, we got enough draft picks. I think we have 11 with the compensation picks yep. that we can give up a pick here and there to go either move up or, or get a high-quality quarterback. Because, you know, you're not going to get the 85 Bears or the 2,000 Ravens coming out of that tunnel. No. So you better put up 27 points a game. And if you don't have that guy behind center, not happening. So I hope they address that. We need it. I want it. I'm tired of losing. Go Raiders. Hey, great call, John. John from Salt Lake City representing right there. Great call. And he brings up a great point about the defense. I'm a defensive dude, right? I will live and die by the defense. I talk about the defense till I'm blue in the face. But we saw one of the best defenses we've seen in a long time in the Philadelphia Eagles still give up 38 points. And if you want to be technical, the defense only gave up 31 because Jalen Hurts had that fumble and uh, Kansas City returned it. But they gave up 31 points. So going to John's point of you better put up at least 27, 27 wouldn't even have got it done in the Super Bowl. And unfortunately for the Raiders, and this is not a cop-out, but for unfortunately for the Raiders, they got to play that team twice a year, not once. <laughs> Philadelphia only had to worry about them once, right? Happened to be the biggest game of the year, but they only had to worry about them once. The Raiders got to catch them cats twice. So he brings up a great point. If you don't have a, a, a guy, a trigger man that can get it done, you know, it's going to be a problem. And you've got to be able to have an offense that can go out there and execute. And like Fabian says all the time, as much as it drives me nuts, the minus four thing ain't going to work, Right. You've got to have a guy that can execute. And I know that, you know, everyone, Lamar Jackson's not everyone's cup of tea. I know a lot of people are going to talk about injuries, this, that, and the other. But, man, the extra element that that dude brings to the table, can you imagine him in the red zone as well? Having opportunities to get the ball to Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and oh, by the way, just in case that doesn't work, well, he can get it on his own too. Or give it to Josh Jacobs. Zone read with Josh Jacobs. That'd be a hell of a one-two punch. So I'm, I'm there. And, look, if you don't decide to go that route, that's fine. It's a lot of money. Go with the uh, young stud. And, and I like what John said. Winning's not cheap. I like that. That's a great line. I mean, that could be like a title of the show. Winning's not cheap. 
I might do a podcast. I don't know how I'm going to word it around that, how I'm going to do it, but winning's not cheap. I like that. That really stood out to me when he said it because he's right. You've got to pay the cost to be the boss. And I know people hate to hear, well, Kansas City, uh, well, they were already winning. They were in the playoffs. And I realize this. When they made the move for, uh, for, for Patrick Mahomes, it wasn't cheap to move up from 24, number 24 to 10. It wasn't cheap. Winning's not cheap, like John just said. That's a great point. I love the fact that he said that. And Jimmy G is exactly what he said as well. That's putting lipstick on a pig and trying to sell him a beauty queen. Right? I mean, look, at some point of the night, DeMond, the lights turn on and reality kicks in. <laughs> right? At 12 o'clock, 1230, when the strobe light's going and the drinks are flowing, everything looks great. Then the lights come on, you're like, whoa! I didn't know that was what was going on. Just saying. Raider Mac, you're up next. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's up, DeMond? I've been listening. I, I haven't called because I've just been listening to all this stuff. And last week was so hectic with all the the um, combine you guys are doing. Like I said, you guys did a great job. So your, to your question regarding all, I would go on in the draft. I, I'm, I'm going after Jamal Dean, the cornerback, mm. and Payne, the, the and Payne, the, the DT you've been talking about from yeah. um, from the Commanders. Mm-hmm. I would go after them, him, and also Bates from. Um, those three, we have enough money to get Bates from the Bengals. Um, we get those three. And as far as in the draft, I know we just don't draft great sometimes, but this is a new regime. I would go after Christian Gonzalez from mm. Oregon. I saw that kid play. He can play. Yeah, he can. He, he's 6'2", he's 200. He just ran a 4-3. So I would go after him. And also um, Pete Skorkowski from Northwestern. I would go after those two. Now, Q, I've been listening to you guys about um, <laughs> you've been giving. I don't know why people giving you flack regarding uh, what's the kid from um, from what is he? Oh, uh, he's, he's Kentucky. He was with um, no, not Kentucky. The other kid, the the kid from from Florida. What's his name? Oh, uh, Richardson. Richardson. Q, do not draft that kid. He's a project. Q, he's fifty eight percent. What does the tape say? The tape says that he's not good throwing the ball. Do not draft him. He I, look. We we got. I'm with the caller before. Go get Aaron Rodgers. Pay some money to get somebody. But you got. You cannot walk out that stadium on opening day with Stenum. I mean, y'all can say whatever y'all want, Raider Nation. He looked good at one game, but what happened against Kansas City? He didn't look good at all. So we need to open opening day. We need to walk out with with, with either Aaron Rodgers. I even t- I mean, and I agree with you with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'd rather see Jimmy than than this guy than Stenum. At least Stenum will be his backup. But we cannot <laughs> walk up with Stenum and that and that. And also, the kid, the, watch the tape. You, you you go to combine. Everybody going after these shorts and shirts. Everybody look like Tarzan, but when they get on the field, some of these guys play like tanks. Sorry right. to say that, but it, it just it just irks my mind with the Raiders. I'm tired. I'm I'm with the other caller too. I'm tired of losing Q. It's serious, man. It's just you know, it's not just it's just the fan base. We 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 just so hard, and we just try to follow the Raiders. The Raiders have one of the best fan bases in the country in the, in the NFL. But the problem is, we get slack from other. Fan bases, oh, you guys are sorry. Your organization. I mean, I'm here at all ESPN. We um we have the worst 
fan, um, not fan base, but the worst organization as far as owner and coach. We then had ten coaches. I'm tired of that. Just get somebody and win, win, baby. That's all I want to do next year is win. Thanks, Q, for the time. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing right there. You know, I mean Richardson, uh, he's he's got the whole the whole makeup right. He looks like the part. Uh, he, he, he might end up being the part, but he is a project, like you mentioned. And if you do go flip on the film, there one, there's not a lot. He only has 13 career starts. That's part of the problem. Uh, but there's, there's also accuracy issues here and there. Uh, we're going to have Ted Wynn on from The Athletic, who does some great film breakdown. We're going to have him on tomorrow at 3.30. Go ahead and bookmark that. He did a great piece. Put out a great piece on The Athletic, breaking down Will Levitz and Anthony Richardson. So we're going to talk to him about that coming up tomorrow at 3.30. That's just a little bit of a tease. We have a hell of a show lined up for you tomorrow already. This show ain't even over today. So uh, that's kind of how serious we take it around here and how excited we are for the opportunity that we have each and every day. Uh, so I'm with you. And it's funny. You said, uh, uh, look like Tarzan, play like Jane. I call that the Sean Oakman effect. And I don't know if you remember who Sean Oakman was, but he was a big edge rusher that was at Penn State at one point, and then he transferred for the Baylor and man this dude was just a big old monster and Damon you might remember him from the bowl game when he had the half shirt cut off uh, and he was standing there and right before the coin flip yeah before the coin flip and he had his shirt halfway up and everyone's like look at this big monster man he ended up being like the all-time leading uh, sack sack artist at, at Baylor which wasn't saying a lot by the way uh, the, that, that wasn't like it was some big monstrous number but I, the whole time I was there, and everyone was like, man, Sean Oak was going to hate you. Because I never understood. I was like, what is the hype behind this guy? All he is is big. He's just one big muscle, but he's not really that great. His technique was sloppy. He was just okay. I always call that the Sean Oakman effect. Uh, look like Tarzan, playing like Jane. Uh, not, not trying to sound disrespectful, but it's just that's just kind of what it was from all my time watching him. So uh, then he got into some legal trouble that really wasn't on him. It was. He's really the all-time leading sack leader at Baylor? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he might. He, someone might have surpassed him now, but it wasn't very many. All right, guys, I mean, it's 17 and a half. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. The, that's what I had to ask. That's, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, and that's what my thing was. I was like, why is this so hyped over 17 and a half sacks? That's nothing, right? I mean, some guys get that in the season. He got that in his career, and it's like, oh, that's an all-time sack leader. It's like, oh, are you kidding me? Uh, I don't know if the young man that plays in Minnesota now, uh, he might have he might have passed him up because I think he had 10 sacks in one season. Um, what's his name? James. Uh, dang it, I forgot his name. Uh, man. Anyway, Minnesota drafted him in the fourth round a couple years ago. Uh, but he was he was a good little player. And I think he was a Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, and he got 10 sacks. James uh, Lynch? I think it's James Lynch. Look, you can go ahead and look him up when you get a chance. But, yeah, anyway, long story short, 17 and a half of sacks is not a lot in a career. But thank you, Raider Mac, for that call. I do appreciate you. We want to hear from you. Let us know about it, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com. Text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. We'll come back. Got some cover three little notes that we'll get to. Plus, we'll get to more of your calls and texts. And we'll close the show out with uh, Tanner McKee, the Stanford quarterback. We had a chance to catch up with him at the Combine last week. You'll hear that before we close up shop. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 4.37 is the time. Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee will hear from before the show gets wrapped up. He was at the podium at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis that we had an opportunity to talk to last week along with Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Clayton Toon, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Will Levitz, Hendon Hooker, and wide receiver Quentin Johnston. So we'll get to that before the show gets wrapped up. Do want to hear from you. What would be your ideal way to build this Raiders team on both sides of the ball? What or who would you attack in free agency? What or who would you attack in the draft? Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200.
Let's talk to Ted. Welcome to the show, Ted. Hey, what's going on, Q? Chilling. Hey, my whole thing would be if, you know, if, if Stroud didn't fall to us at seven, mm-hmm. you know, instead of drafting up to him, if Carter, because of his legal troubles now, or Gonzalez would fall to us, if we took one of those two and then, you know, drafted uh, in the second round, in the second round, we traded up to get like a hooker, okay, and then you know did something like that. I think that would you know be better off for us to you know fall into the tail end of the first round and still get our five years, you know, and take off you know thirty eight plus whatever we got to do with it. You know, we still and then we we get a definite player, and then we get you know someone who could step in here and lead us to something. You know, we got a, a mobile quarterback. We don't have the greatest off in the line. I'm sure we can fix this, but you know, hooker would be phenomenal. I believe. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, Ted. Appreciate the call. Defense at seven is an option. It really is an option. And Christian Gonzalez, I think, would allow Patrick Graham to run the kind of scheme he wants. I think there's a few different defensive backs that would allow Patrick Graham to run the scheme that he wants to do. Uh, you know, obviously he wants to be able to uh, run that press man coverage, uh, something that we didn't see a, a lot of last season because he just didn't feel comfortable with the personnel that he had. I would like to see a guy like Christian Gonzalez. You know, there's some other guys out there. You know, Devin Witherspoon is a guy out of Illinois. Uh, obviously, uh, Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State is another guy. But the one thing about this cornerback class, it's it's pretty deep, right? There's like 20 guys that are expected to be drafted in the first three rounds. So maybe the Raiders have an opportunity to address that position. I'm assuming they are going to address that position in the draft, either in the first round, second round, th- who knows? One of the early rounds, though, I do expect them to go and get a cornerback that they feel like could be one of their quarterbacks of the future, and I think that they need to make sure that that's what they do. They have got to get a cornerback that could be a dude. They've got to get a cornerback that can make plays. Go see the ball, see ball, get ball. Like Charles Woodson said, they need to have a guy that can make those plays. They just haven't had those dudes in a long time in the secondary period. The one guy I have confidence in to make plays is Jerron Harmon on the back end. Amik Robertson made a few plays last year, so I like that. But, he, I mean, he's a guy that's probably not going to be on the field all the time, right? Uh, they, they need to come up with a, a, a cornerback and, and have a guy that could go in and have the confidence and swagger to go make plays on the ball when it heads his way. I like what Nate Hawes brings to the table, but he doesn't get his hands on the ball enough, right? Uh, Trayvon Merrick, I, I like him, but he's got a lot to prove. He's already put a couple balls on the ground in his uh, short career. He's got to prove that he could be that guy on the back end. I think everyone really needs to prove what they could be moving forward for the silver and black. Thank you, Ted, for that call. And if you go and get a hidden hooker like you suggested, maybe trade back into the back end of the first round, go get that guy and get that fifth-year option. I do like that. I think that's a good, um, a good, a good scenario. You know, I think the Raiders are in a good position if they were to do something like you mentioned. Again, thank you so much for that call. Uh, how about this from the 913? What up, fellas? Go get Lamar. That's Lamar Jackson. Lil J and KC out. So he's all aboard on going out and getting Lamar. And the thing about it, and, and again, I know it's very, very unlikely as we talked to Sean Reed. I know Vinny Bossignores put it out there. It's very unlikely. But, man, just selfishly, <laughs> if you could imagine what that would look like on game day, with all those dudes, I mean, that would be – and you want to talk about competing with Mahomes, Herbert, and Russell Wilson twice a year? That's show-stop material. That's must-watch TV, right? I know we hyped up the AFC West a lot leading into last season. It didn't shake out the way we expected. But, man, if you have the firepower of a Lamar Jackson, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro going up against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and McCole Hardman or whoever else they have there, right? I mean, uh, Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, they, they've, got, they've got dudes. 
and Justin Herbert. We know what kind of dudes they've got. Russell Wilson, the Broncos, they're going to work on it. They haven't got quite got there yet, but man, again, must watch TV. Uh, got a text from the 239. Jesse Bates and David Long Jr. in free agency because the weak safety and linebacker class in the draft. Draft best defensive player at seven or Stroud if he falls. If Stroud doesn't fall, trade back up to first round, grab Hooker. Still should have six to eight picks to add quality depth throughout the draft. That's from the 239. And the thing about it is, uh, and, and the, good, the beautiful thing is that the Raiders have 11 picks, like the texts are kind of uh, alluded to. If you trade a couple picks, it's going to be okay because you're not signing all 11 guys anyway. You're not going to. There's just no, no way that you sign 11 guys that you draft. So if you use those 11 and end up with eight or nine quality picks and then you have to decide who's, who's going to make the team from there, that's a good issue to have. Uh, again, 11 is a lot of, of draft capital, and so you're able to really uh, have your way, do what you want to do, and maneuver around the draft accordingly. So thank you so much for that. Jesse Bates, uh, that's a good guy on the back end. Of course, David Long Jr., a good linebacker as well. Appreciate that. Uh, got a text from the Five and Dime from East Bay Raider Gray. Jay Cutler released, Tim Tebow drafted. I think that's telling us to how JMD, Josh McDaniels, thinks when he drafts quarterbacks. So uh, that's from East Bay Raider Gray, and uh, that was what Josh McDaniels is going to be known for until he's known for something else, right? I mean, letting Jay Cutler go, which I was never a big fan of Jay Cutler. I never thought he was all that. Uh, he just always had that look on his face like he didn't give a damn about being there. It's just something about Jay Cutler. I, I always, It's that guy that I always wanted to be like, wake up, dude, are you there? Wake up! Give me something. That's why when I heard that he was going to be doing uh, color commentary and, and on, on football broadcast, I was like, really? Jay Cutler? He's about as boring as watching the paint dry, but okay. So, uh, yeah, he, they moved on. And I know from it him. wasn't with Josh McDaniels, but they both have the same amount of playoff wins. Yeah. Come on now. There you go. There you go. What but did I Cutler was, ever do? Obviously, uh, Jay Cutler never was a uh, – I was never a big fan of him. And, well, we all know about Tim Tebow. I don't think anybody was a big fan of him. But that's what he'll be known for until – uh, you know, he does something else, so there's that. And, and this year he has an opportunity to go and draft his guy and put that uh, Tim Tebow conversation behind. I uh, got a text from the Five and Dime, Black Hole Jr. out of Antioch. What's up, fellas? I would have to say go after a few positions. Linebacker, Jermaine Pratt or Tremaine Edmonds, Zach Allen at defensive end, Dalvin Tomlinson, Javon Hargrave, not one or the other, and draft quarterback O-line and linebacker and O-line. And draft a quarterback in the first round. C.J. Stroud, if he's there. If not, go cornerback or Tyree Wilson. If he's there at seven, can't wait to see what happens. What are you and DeMond's thoughts about those players? Everyone have a blessed day. Black Hole Jr. out. So there's a lot of players that he talked about there. DeMond, he said Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Jermaine Pratt. Those are guys that are uh, free agent linebackers. Uh, Zach Allen at defensive end. Dalvin Tomlinson, Javon Hargrave. That's a lot of free agents right there. Uh, you can't sign everybody, but you can probably sign a couple of those dudes or at least one of those guys. Anybody there that interests you? Uh, that he mentioned in that one. Javon Hargrave, he's one of those guys that I think would be a good pickup. I mean, I know that he's getting a little bit older, and you yeah. got to say you can't pick everybody from the Eagles because I think Fletcher Cox is also available. But I do think that that veteran experience, like I said, he is someone that I would be looking at because I said, hey, mm-hmm. get build up that interior, you know, get him with the veterans, and then you can build with the, with the outside skill position players on defense in the draft. So I do think that Hargrave of the numerous names that he listed would be someone I'd be interested in. I think Hargrave is going to have a pretty big, um, you know, free agent market. I think a lot of teams are going to be interested in him by what he was able to do with the Eagles this past year. Uh, the Eagles have a lot of uh, free agents, man. They've got a lot of work to do to try to keep that team together and try to run it back. It's always hard to run it back when you, when you lose the Super Bowl. Hell, it's, all, it's, it's hard to run it back, period. But it's really hard to run it back 
when you lose the Super Bowl. Another one from East Bay Raider Gray. To Raider fans that think it's too expensive to go up in the draft and get a quarterback this year, I counter with, do you think next year or years after it's going to be cheaper? And the Raiders may have to have, make a bigger jump to move up in the draft. This is the most important position on the team. Understand it's going to get expensive. Be ready to pay. Scared money don't make money, as Q always says. That's East Bay Raider Gray. And that's the thing. Um, no matter what you do, no matter when you trade up, if you have to trade up, it's going to cost some money. Just like John in Salt Lake City said, uh, winning is not cheap. And going up and getting the quarterback that you believe could help you be a winner is not going to be cheap. It just won't. So uh, really good point there. Thank you, East Bay Raider Gray, for that. Uh, how about this one from the 707? Lamar Jackson has run over for over 3,600 yards in four seasons. So he's basically been used like a running back and a quarterback for four years. And now he wants a fully guaranteed contract after he's been injured two years in a row. And there's a big difference between 160 million guaranteed and 230 million guaranteed. That's from the 707. Uh, apparently, he does not want Lamar Jackson, and that's okay. That's part of the conversation, you know. And, it, and Lamar Jackson is not going to be for everybody. We understand that. And uh, you know, it, it, it whatever, <laughs> whatever your flavor is, what, like whatever you you would like. Uh, again, Lamar Jackson is QB one for me. Uh, even though I know it's unlikely that the Raiders go and get him, CJ Stroud is quarterback number two for me. It's just that simple. Um, and then Jarrett Stidham. You know, not that I think that's a good option, but I'd rather see him roll out there than Jimmy G. But, again, that's me. So thank you so much uh, from the 707. We appreciate you. Uh, and any other feedback that we get, we always appreciate that as well. Um, Vegas Pete said, rumor is Mark Davis wants to take a swing. Action Jackson. And there's always those rumors out there. Uh, I do believe that he would love to see some star power here in Las Vegas. I think that he wants to see his, show, his, his team be the biggest show in Las Vegas as well. Uh, and have a Legion Stadium popping with a lot of, uh, you know, fired up Raider fans when they see, you know, the product that's out there on the field. Uh, to go to respond to the texture before that one that you just read, when it comes to, oh, he's got this many rushing yards, that's the same oh, yeah. as a running back. Receivers, yep. they get this many receiving yards. They go out and they run these routes even when they don't receive the ball. It's more so the pounding that the running backs take when it's constantly getting hit. Lamar's injuries have been non-contact, injuries that could just happen to anybody. You can twist an ankle, you know, oh, like a sprained knee. That can happen anytime. It hasn't been because someone's knocked his socks off and now Lamar Jackson is out for however many games. So when it comes to, you can't look at the rushing yards and then compare him to hey, well, that's why they don't want to pay running backs because of all of these yards. Because right. then that could be the same, oh man, who's, who's, the, who's the hot receiver that, that's going to be traded? Um, Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I don't want him because he's ran too many routes. Look at all those receiving yards <laughs> that he's has. Right. Obviously, that that that, cor- that doesn't correlate. Just say you don't want Lamar Jackson. Right. And the that, logic and, is a little faulty. And like I said, I mean that's that's fine. You know, and some people don't want a guy that's going to be running around the yard, and that's okay. I mean, hey, I, I don't mind. You know, just like uh, I'm not a big fan of Will Levis. I'm sure a lot of people are. Right. As we know, it gets hot and hostile when uh, we start talking about Will Levis. So I'm not going to go there. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those situations, man. It's just pick your flavor. There's a bunch of different guys out there. You know, Bryce Young is different than C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is different than Will Levis. Will Levis is way different than Anthony Richardson. And that has to go with the quarterbacks as well. Hell, Aaron Rodgers is a lot older than Lamar Jackson. And there are two different styles, right? And so, I mean, there's so many different flavors to choose from. It's up to you on what you want. And obviously, it's not up to any of us. It's up to what Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly and what Josh McDaniels want, that's what ultimately makes the decision. So thank you so much for those texts. Appreciate that. Uh, before we get up out of here, though, I do want you to hear from Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee. He was on display, or not display, but he was on the podium uh, there in Indianapolis, and he had a few minutes to catch up and talk with us. Here's that conversation. 
you guys switched up your offense uh, at Stanford. Uh, how did it help you? Did it, you feel for what you're going to possibly see in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely very different. I feel like any time that you can, you know, I want to say change philosophy, philosophies, but add, you know more plays or add a different style is definitely going to help. You're not going to play in the exact same offense anywhere you go in the NFL. So just the practice of learning new plays and having to read a defense in a different light, I feel like will really help you learn new offenses in general. And they're in a game that continues to evolve. evolve. Obviously, there's more athletic quarterbacks. You personally more of a traditional pocket passer. How do you sell yourself to NFL teams based on the way the game's played today? I'm excited to showcase on Saturday. Um, feel like uh, I have a lot of confidence in my athletic ability. Um, doesn't always get a ton of credit, um, but I'm excited to showcase what I can do tomorrow. Uh, I think I'll surprise a lot of people, so I'm excited for that. Thank you. Realistically, the, the, the path starting right away is, is not you know normal for quarterbacks not selected at the very top of the draft. So. What do you bring to an NFL team early in a, in a backup development role uh, where you, know, you might get pressed into action in uncomfortable situations? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I definitely think leadership, um, my work ethic is going to bring the guys up around me. I've heard a good teammate can do a lot of good things on the field, but a leader's going to bring up the people around him. So uh, I'm going to fit in my role in any way that I can. Um, if I'm the starter, I'm obviously going to prepare everything uh, to help my team. If I'm not, I'm going to prepare like the starter. Football's a physical game. We know that anything can happen, and you got to be ready every single play. If you were to take one game tape to, to show what epitomizes what you're about, what, what tape are you most proud of that you are eager to show? This year, probably Notre Dame or BYU. I feel like each game um, was a little bit different. I feel like Notre Dame showed a lot of consistency against a really good defense, a talented defense with um, tight throws. I feel like BYU more showcased NFL-type throws with throwing the ball down the field a little bit more. So, um, yeah, excited for both of those games to show off. I feel like in that USC game, you guys did – was that the game where you guys kind of switched it up and, and did something differently defensively? And what was that process like, especially from a – you know, being able to uh, buy into it and excel in it and absorb it and all that. Yeah, it was definitely different. Um, I think any time that you have to install a, a different type of, of play um, takes a lot of repetition, takes a lot of practice. So we were working on that um, all fall camp, getting the reads, getting the timing down um, with the slow mesh and everything like that. So. Um, I feel like everything kind of gets better with practice, and so we were working on that um, from the very beginning. Where do you think you'll surprise people? Which part of the I think my athletic ability. Uh, I'm excited to uh, put up good numbers on the shuttles. Um, I won't be running a 40, but um, definitely show uh, what I can do running, jumping, and, and all those things. There's Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee last week in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. Uh, man, what a great opportunity, really, just to hear from these guys and, you know, just, you know, be able to not pick their pick their brain on everything, but just ask them a few questions, you know, what they bring to the table, who they've talked to, and seeing them up close to personal before they actually get drafted and uh, end up getting with the team, just kind of uh, going along with the process. Had many guys that we had an opportunity to talk to, not just the quarterbacks that I mentioned, like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Clayton Toon and, DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Tanner McKee, you just heard from Will Levis, Hennon Hooker. But we also talked to uh, a bunch of defensive players, right, a bunch of guys. And we didn't even get to play everything that, uh, you know, all the guys that we talked to. But Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech edge rusher, uh, San Jose State edge, uh, Viliami Fihoko, 
Clemson defensive lineman Miles Murphy, Georgia defensive lineman Nolan Smith, Army linebacker Andre Carter, Alabama linebacker Henry Toto, uh, Iowa linebacker Jack Campbell, Texas linebacker DeMarvion Overshown, Oregon def- defensive back Christian Gonzalez, Alabama safety Bryant Branch, Illinois cornerback Devin Witherspoon. Uh, of course, I already mentioned all the quarterbacks and, uh, and also Quentin Johnson. So uh, that was a long, long laundry list, guys, that we are, had an opportunity to talk to last week in Indianapolis. It was a lot of fun. And glad that we were able to do that and bring a lot of different options here to Raider Nation Radio 920. I mentioned cover three notes. Damon, I just have one big note that I wanted to bring to the table before we got out today. Uh, how about this? Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, we've been talking a lot about them because of what's going on with Lamar Jackson. But they hired Dr. Rush, Chuck Smith, friend of the show, guy who's been on the show, talked about the, the uh, pass rush summit that was in Las Vegas where Vaughn Miller, who's also a friend of the show, and uh, Max Crosby were at and Chandler Jones was at. Uh, he got hired as the linebackers coach, the outside linebackers coach for the Baltimore Ravens. I shot him a text earlier and congratulated him. He hit me right back. Thanks, Q. Appreciate being on your guys' show. Uh, so there you go, man. That's what, that's what it is. You, you end up a guest on the show, you get, you get hired for a big job. Just saying. Yeah, shout out to him. I wonder if he will be, still be able to continue the work that he does with the HBCU Legacy Bowl because I know he was a big influence down there as well but man Baltimore that's how those good organizations that's how they stay on top yep no doubt no doubt so I thought that that was a big deal so uh, Dr. Rush Chuck Smith hired with Baltimore to be uh, uh to be the outside linebackers coach how about this as we close out the show think about these potential free agent quarterbacks as we close things out you can go ahead and go to sleep on this note Carson Wentz Jacoby Brissett Woo Baker Mayfield Andy Dalton Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold, Marcus Mariota, and Tom Brady if he's feeling froggy and he wants to leap up out of retirement. Those are really the guys. Take my money now. That are available. We'll go ahead and leave you on that note. 4.55 is the time. We'll be back tomorrow with the Action Pack Show. Vinny Bonsignor, Ted Wynn, and Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. And that's just getting started so far. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. It's Radio 920. Have a good one.